0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey guys, welcome to another episode of Song Songmask. My name is Richard Villegas. And I'm Beverly Bryan. And we are listening to Vai Malandra. This is by the Brazilian singer, diva, pop icon, I guess, at this point. I don't know. Just She's popular. Anita. Anita. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this song. Uh, what do you think of this song, this little funk karaoke moment?
2: You know, um, when I first heard it, I thought it was a little boring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the beat has grown on me. This kind of, like, slightly goofy, laid-back funk karaoke sound. It's interesting. Well, Miss
1: Thing, I'm booty twerking on the wall, so we're going to play this song out and we'll be right back.
3: Isso, rebala gostoso. Empino, me olhando, eu te pego de jeito. Se eu começar embrasando contigo, é taca, 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 esse taca. Isso,
4: rebala gostoso. Empina, eu te olhando, eu te pego de jeito. Se começar embrasando contigo, é. Não vou mais parar. Você vai aguentar. Não vou mais parar.
5: show me some Brazilian baby you know I want
1: you booty big sit a glass on it. see my zipper put that ass on it hypnotized by the way you shake it I can't lie I'm trying to see you naked I need a baby I'm trying to spank it I can give it to you can you take it?
3: Que no meu olhando te pego de jeito, Se começar em contigo é taca 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 Isso
4: é gostoso em pena te olhando at te pego de jeito, Se começar em brasando contigo é Não vou mais parar Se vai aguentar. Não vou mais parar Se
5: vai a grand pra Yeah Go so back on um. me. At. Make it clap, yeah, I'm into that at. Pulling tracks, yeah, I'm into that at. From the back, yeah, I'm in it at. Big dog to the kitty cat. Young boss, where the millies at? If favela, where's Liddy at? And the whole Brazil is feeling tô that. I'm so
3: louca, bebendo, I'm te envolvendo, I'm in it at. No para, no. Ay, malandra. Uh, uh. Eita, louca, to brincando com.
2: So uh, I don't know, why have you picked this track for uh, the first song that we are playing in the new year?
1: Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, well yeah, f- well, first of all, happy New year. Happy
2: New Year and to
1: all of y'all in uh, you know podcast Landia. We feel um, <laughs> so fresh and
2: clean here in 2008, even though outside is full of dirty sludge and yellow snow and mm. slush and N- New Year, Who dat? Man, I, every time I go outside right now, I want to take a shower even more so than in the summer when I end up covered in sweat. Because at least that's my sweat. I mean, you know, I'm
1: still not going to wash my jeans. So like, Winter my shit is, is just caked and garbage. Winter and I don't is even care. gross. Yeah, I in New York it is. I because I, I everybody's always like, oh, snow is the shit and like it's so beautiful and like white Christmas and white power is beautiful. <laughs> and like, I'm just like, no, girl. Like it's it, it's nice if you go to the park the s- six hours after it stops snowing you know when it's still like nice and it's like very picturesque girl new yorkers got places to be we stomp that bullshit up it looks so nasty and gross and i'm just happy it's going to be like 50 degrees this week and melt it all away
2: anyway we were talking about something going on in sunny brazil
1: yes uh, sunny brazil uh, so yeah so that song by anita um it's it's been a bit controversial uh, not because of the song the song is just another you know like you know baile funk you know good time you know it's it's a rollicking pop song it's mm-hmm. i i really like it actually um there's something about that little horn that like that bump bomp bump bom, like that's kind of like tongue in cheek that I really like, that I really yeah, respond no, to. It's it's cute, it's fun, I like it. Um <clears> but <throat> the video has become quite controversial. Um First, it was directed by Terry Richardson, who is kind of persona non grata in like certain entertainment circles, just because like he has such a long history of like sexual harassment and abuse, Se- um, like serious,
2: egregious sexual abuse, absolutely perpetrated for years, accused yes. by many, many people, and it's so funny that like. Every other man who has, like, been, like, mildly fucked up to a woman is canceled now, but he's still going strong, apparently. No, not at all, actually.
1: He's been banned by, like, because he was, like, a fashion photographer for super Uh, long, and he was banned by, like... Vogue, L, you know, like W Mag, like a ton of magazines, just flat out are like no, which
2: which is good. Like people Um, don't work with him anymore, but he's like still here. Yeah. Well, I was super
1: surprised that Anita would work with him because I guess they just don't
2: like. Are they not like not up on his shit? Do they like not get the file on him in Brazil?
1: I'm sure that this was deliberate because and like because like the
2: visuals of the video are very much in line with his own aesthetic. Because like yeah, which is actually not a terrible aesthetic. Like I actually loved this video from the first moment because she's got like it's not just like it's. and start with just a butt shot. It starts with a saggy butt shot. So yeah, and she and was no, very, let me finish. And she was very adamant about that not and being photoshopped. Like, as a woman of a certain age, <laughs> I am all about like the appreciation of the saggy butt and how it can be perfectly sexy. Yes. She was very adamant that
1: her that her cellulite uh not be not be photoshopped and, um, and yeah, and, but like, There's actually no cellulite. Well, it's not, that's, it, we can call it cellulite if you want, but that's, it's
2: saggy, but that's
1: the term that has been it's, getting thrown but, around, but, but folds. Indeed. And, um, and yeah, and so um And you, you know, know more power to her for not having any cellulite And you but know Terry Richardson has this saggy very butt happens has this some sort of like grotesque glamour like well maybe that's a more of a David LeChapelle adjective, but he can be like raw. It's like it's very raw, it's very sexual, but it's almost uncomfortable. It's almost a little ugly. Um, yeah, which it, is like but it's cause it's
2: like it's real and we're not used to seeing that. It's a little garbagey, like I just so, wish like, I just in like I'm not mad at his aesthetic in general, really. Yeah, I just exactly. wish he wasn't trash. Exactly. And so well so this... well. Oh, I have a Terry Richardson story, by the way. No, no, let me tell my Terry Richardson okay. story. Because, like, you know, when I first moved to New York, I really, really hated a lot of things and people and things. And I had to take the subway every day, and I'd get off from work, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I hate all these people. hate uh, hey, why is that woman making out in the middle of the fucking sidewalk with that guy who looks like fucking Terry Richardson? I'm going to kill both of them. And it was Terry Richardson though
1: ew <laughs> ew
2: yeah I'm, so I'm, that's my story
1: i'm sure there were drugs involved um well so but he is not the only reason this video is controversial so uh again he 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 goes for things he doesn't necessarily go for the obvious, but he definitely goes for, for the money shot. And so basically a, a music video directed by Terry Richardson is just a lot of money shots just sort of clumped together. A lot of butts, you mean? Well, not quite, but he goes for like the obvious things. So he's the, the video set in Rio de Janeiro. So, of course, it's in a favela. Um, and of course, because it's Brazil, like everything reading, is hyper-sexualized. Yeah, and
2: before reading what, uh, well, yeah, so he does. He goes for like the obvious cliches, and it was somewhat cliched, or at least that was my initial impression. Because like you know, then I read what she said, and I was like, okay, I'm like, uh, never mind, like the that it's Terry Richardson. Never mind the overt sexuality. I'm offended that they're just like using the favela as like a sexy backdrop. Well, not only so, not only
1: that, but they're like so you you'll see like Anita you know, uh, traipsing around in the video in like these like really long braids. But like Anita is very light skinned, you know, uh, like so like the conversation of race came into it of like a lot of people are like she is sort of performing this blackness, you know. Um, and then again, like the sexuality of it glorifying these favelas. Um, they, they basically have all these like they, they have these makeshift pools Um, that they created like on like flatbed trucks with like plastic tarps and stuff. And it looks kind of cool for the video, but like the Brazil department of health had to issue a tweet being like, actually this can like really attract mosquitoes. Please don't try try this at at home.
2: home. And like, I'm, I'm from South Florida. So yes, standing water, you see like a little puddle in like a truck tire. Yeah. The immediate thing you think is, fuck mosquitoes. Yeah, exactly. We're all going to get encephalitis and die. Exactly. Dump it out right now.
1: Um, and so, yeah. And so that, like, so anyway, so, you know, not only, like, is it glorifying a lot of, like, very, like, problematic things, but, you know, but, like, Anita is, I guess, attempting, has been attempting to build a sort of, like, feminist... Uh, persona around herself, and so like it's it's it sparked a lot of conversation in Brazil.
2: Many of my Brazilian friends have been like, "Working with Terry Richardson is not fam- is not feminist." I understand. <laughs> butts, on the other hand, there's nothing unfeminist about butts. So everybody's but, got one.
1: So like, there's a, a lot of these memes of like the duality of it of like. You know, like of that, like there, it's like you know, side by side like panels of like her butt being like, oh, but she's out here being lewd and working with Terry Richardson, and then it's like, well, but good for her for like owning her body and this, that, the other, and it's just like you know, it again, like it, it's memes basically saying the fact that it's not a, a simple conversation, although it really does, it's probably just a series of poor choices, you know. Well,
2: I don't know if it's even poor, except for working with Terry Richardson. I don't know how poor of a choice it is because it got, I got in the plot gets thicker, right? Because she's like. You know, um, Billboard reported, you know, she comes from a biracial family. Right. She grew up in the inner city. And she's like, actually, this reflects me. This is who I am. And so I wonder then, is this like, is this like the fact that like Brazil is, the mainstream of Brazil is still offended by the sexiness that like people outside of Brazil tend to like just plain associate with Brazil straight up. So I can understand why like some, I can understand why some people would be like, would be like I don't want this to represent us. No, because I went to Brazil and there are like conservative people in Brazil. Mm, but it's very different.
1: You can't look at it through American eyes. Like you know the way that that sexuality. I mean, we've talked about how gender is viewed very differently. So is sexuality. People are very very free with their sexuality there. I mean, obviously like it's still a Catholic country with quite a few conservative people. But that isn't what really what what's outraged them. Uh, like the you know the hypersexualization is is definitely like a point of of concern and like and then she's
2: like and like and she's but then she's like look this is me and then i'm wondering like maybe she's been expected to become a pop star maybe she's been expected to hide certain parts of herself or to be a role model like this is sort of
1: like the world that we're living in now like oh you're you're you have a platform you should be a role model and it's like like, "Eh."
2: maybe the braids are actually her maybe that maybe it's like you flip it on its head where she's like oh this she's doing it this she's like doing this thing that's not her. And I'm like, maybe the Anita we've known all along is not her. It's, I mean, it
1: seems that she's never used this in her, uh, aesthetic. It seems that she's doing it because it's convenient because of the setting. It's a more which of a was, costume. Yeah,
2: which was, but then what if the costume is her? I don't, I just think it's like complicated. Cause here's the of other course. thing I thought about where I'm like, cause she was like, okay, this is me. And then I was like, well, what's interesting is like, this is this very, um, North facing video mm-hmm. and aesthetic because it's like playing to all of the things that like, you know, people in the U.S., North America, people outside of Brazil associate with Brazil. Um, and so, like, from, the, from outside, I'm like, well, this is, like, kind of pandering and gross. From inside, people are like, this is not us. This is offensive. But then what if the truth is that, like, that's, this is actually, like, as bad as it looks to everyone else, what if this thing is actually real? Um, as somebody who's been there, I can
1: tell you it's not real. Okay. Um, But it is like, obviously, it's a heightened
2: version of it. Obviously, it's like an over the top pop video directed by Terry Richardson. Right. But, like, what if, like, these moves were like what if these are the only artistic choices Anita's ever made that are actually genuine? I just thought I had to like, I'm just asking questions. I don't think these are
1: her choices. I think she participated and she's defending it. And Mm. you know, um,
2: that sounds more legit based on like what
1: we know about Terry Richardson. But I do, I do want, I want to believe that if she had been against it, she
2: would have said no. And she is like really trying to, but yeah, but then it's like, what if she did make bad, What so what if these are like bad decisions that she made based on like, I just think she's a bit aloof.
1: I just think she's like a little detached. You know, she's a rich girl and didn't care. Is she really rich though? Because
2: that's like not what she's saying. Well, I mean, she's
1: certainly a huge, very successful pop star. She's rich now. Yeah, she's rich now. I don't know if she's always been rich. I'm I'm not going to make that assumption. But like, you know, it doesn't seem like she's had many difficulties in life. Like she's a pretty girl who, you know, got signed at a young age and she's now Mm. an international pop star.
2: Okay, fair. And that's not
1: really a new thing. But let's carry this conversation of, you know, pop and race into the next song that you brought in, uh, because I think it ties in perfectly.
2: Yes, which, like, we need to talk about Amara La Negra. Yes. Um, This is the fun... This is what happens... This is, like, one of these weird things that happens in my life where uh, I've been aware of Amara La Negra for a long time. Mm -hmm. I thought of her as a mainly Dominican artist, and I'm familiar with her um, music videos and things like that. Like, going back, like, you know... 2000 and like, let's say 12, 13. Yeah, it was something
1: like that. Because she had a viral video that was like really popular. Uh, like, you know, Yo soy Amara. Like, it's just yeah, a really like, cool video. So
2: I knew her as a Dominican artist who, like, within the context of Dominican culture, was embracing her like Afro Latina identity. And, you know, which is why, like, you know, she calls herself Amara La Negra. Yeah. And, you know, she's always had the Afro. Um, And, you know, even then, like, people would be like, is this cool? Is this problematic? You know, and I'm like, and, like, my my position on it has always been, like, yeah, in, like, an over-the-top way, she's fomenting a conversation, but that's how pop music works. And I think that this is, like, she created this persona, this is her thing, and I've always been into it. Well, one of the things... What I didn't know was that she's on love and hip-hop now. So... Uh Amara Negra has been around for a while, but the reason we're talking about her today is that she is on the show Love and Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. And there is a, uh, there's a clip, a part of the show, that um, has been... It's provoked a lot of attention on the internet, which of course is what reality TV show is supposed to do. And Love and Hip Hop is like, you know, ripe for fucking clips because it's a garbage show. <laughs> and... So it's sort of, um, and yet very influential. So yeah. we have this, this very interesting thing where like Amara Negra, um, musician who has, uh, been an artist and in own quality for a while is now on this show in the U.S. because she, we found out she's, um, born in Miami, I believe grew up in Miami, has probably spent a lot of time in both Miami and then in McKinnon Republic mm-hmm. And, um, so in this moment we have a, a scene where she has been, um, paired with, uh, DJ with young Hollywood, Hollywood, the producer. Um, And he
1: looks like such a douche, like, ugh.
2: yeah, it's so, and it's like, but he's like also like way, like acting up the extra douchiness. Well, that's
1: just, that's love and hip hop. Like it's, it's scripted. Everybody's a poor actor. You know,
2: he's like totally like. You, you can tell that he was told to like, yeah, to, so like totally drool over her when she comes in and then like be like really condescending, which is what he did. You know, he comes in and the first thing that he has to say to her after like telling the camera how talented she is, is that she should try to look a certain way, which like everyone knows look a certain way means certain things mm-hmm. especially like in terms of like you know that you have to look really cookie cutter and it's like almost like okay there's no way any of this any of this is like real but so it's like ah
1: i mean like, you know it, it 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 could be like i mean it's i feel like this
2: conversation has happened
1: a million fucking times it has
2: and i think like there but they like did like the textbook these are terrible things that you say to black women oh yeah like because at the end like he says all these really offensive things to her like her afro cannot be elegant right. or he essentially implies that. And she says, so my Afro can't be elegant. What is it that he's like a little less Beyonce, uh, a little more Beyonce and a little less Macy Gray. Macy Gray. Right. And it's just sort of, Oh my God. Where he's just like, so you basically saying like, Oh, you can't be successful unless you change your look, which is the thing that, yes, we know this happens in the music industry all the time to all kinds of people, especially black women. Right. And he ends by like, you know, so he goes through all these things where like, obviously you're going to piss her off and says all these really messed up, incredible, like, Wretched things. <laughs> Racism bingo, yeah. basically. Yep. And um, it was a
1: Thanksgiving dinner just on film. It was terrible.
2: Yeah. And, you know, uh, she handles it quite well, I think, you know, in her persona on screen. But he ends up by telling her that she's a psycho and she's making a big deal out of it. Yeah. All of this is staged. On the other hand, I think it's kind of cool because, like, now Amara Amara La Negra is on national television doing the same thing that she's been doing for a long time, which is fomenting conversation about being Afro-Latina and the fact that, like, all Latinas do not look one way. It's a tremendously important conversation. And, I mean, if you think about, like,
1: Cause like um, you know there's even the quote right she's like you know not all Latinas out there look like J Lo or Shakira like you know some of us look like me and I mean we've been having this convers conversation about like Afro Latinidad forever you know it's like it's an incredibly you know as 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 things sort of um God what's the word um when you like talk about two issues that intersect, what's the word here? Intersectionality? Thank you. When you're looking for, uh, you know, like now as conversations have become more intersectional, um, you know, this is a thing, you know, just like where I feel like different races and ethnicities are are being able to find common ground. Like, you know, colorism and racism exists in communities of color. You know, like that's just, you know, not really up for discussion here. Just like, you know, when you think about how like skin bleaching or like photoshopping is such a prevalent thing in communities of color, you know, I mean in Amara La Negra, her skin Glows when she I is tell an you, extremely beautiful woman with really nice skin. Like, if Rihanna does not tap her for Fenty Beauty, like as a Ooh, spokesmodel, brilliant, that would be a foolish
2: move. Which is another thing that <laughs> this um, is incredible.
1: Like, her skin is so gorgeous.
2: We wanted to discuss because she has been accused of being in yes, blackface, absolutely. And um, you told me that her response to this was to bring up a photo of her as a young child, yes, looking more or less exactly the same,
1: yeah. Well, and the thing is, like. If you see her videos like she is first of all gorgeous She's, second of all like that kind of like you know Caribbean Latina that's like really proud of her body and like you know so she's out with here in good reason and she's out here in skimpy like outfits with like shorty shorts belly showing you know cle- cleavage and guess what her skin tone is the same all throughout like it's not like she's you know black facing you know and then the rest is just, like lighter it she has an even skin tone throughout so you guys don't like and and people look like this what I are
2: think you we talking just about? don't I think we're just so not, especially in the United States, we're not used to seeing, um, a black woman on television, you know, who is dark skinned and who is not trying to alter that in any way. Yeah. Like this is just, you know, she has makeup that matches her skin tone and that's it, you know, yeah, not a ton of highlighter, not a ton of contouring.
1: Like a, like a like a lip and like a flower in the afro. And that's kind of like her look, really. And,
2: but it's not like she's not wearing a lot of makeup. Oh, yeah. She's completely done. That's just she does her makeup in a different way. I mean, you know, and when you And there's nothing see, like, wrong with a lot of highlighting and contouring. Those yeah. things are great. The effect is wonderful. <laughs> um... But, you know, there's other ways to do your makeup. I mean, you know, when you see these pictures from
1: like the 70s or the 80s, someone like Grace Jones, who is like a dark skinned woman and like the makeup, even though she looked glam and and chic and like she's, you know, iconic of the era. You know, you can tell that makeup was not made for her. That made isn't that makeup is not made for her skin tone. But we have that now. We have and we have that now. Thank you, Rihanna. You know, (laughs) and and thank you other companies who were like, oh, you know, financial vacuum. Let's catch up. So um, yeah,
2: so this is, this is kind of wonderful, where like in a very unnuanced way, yes. we just witnessed a very nuanced conversation happen on national television. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, do not adjust your TV sets, Amarila Negra is black. And I think the song that you brought in today, For Amada, uh works
1: perfectly in the conversation. Also that, did you watch the video? Uh, I saw a little bit of it. I kind of just let it play and well, hear the song. <laughs> you
2: you can—it's the video's also sort of um, in a very in-your-face, confrontational way, uh, celebrating um, her appeal as as a black afro latino woman. It's um, well, she like steals this lady's husband anyway. Work, yes. yeah. You just go
1: back and watch it. I absolutely will now. So, what's the song, Bev?
2: Um, the song is uh, Se Que Soy. She has a more recent song. This one is, though, from the past year, and um, I think it's the one that bangs the most. All right, well, I'm here for Amara Negra. Let's hope she blows up. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Y tú te escapas por la noche para verme, amaneciendo conmigo de lunes a viernes. Yo sé que está con ella cuando tú me cuelgas, pero termina volviendo con esta negra Sé que soy sí, la, que soy, la soy, única soy, que deseas en tu cama, a pesar de que tú digas que la amas. Sabes que soy la única que prende tus llamas y no reclama. Sé sí, que, soy, que soy, soy la única que deseas en tu cama, a pesar de que tú digas que la amas. No dejes explicaciones, ni vendas ilusiones. Solo preocúpate por quitarme los pantalones. No dediques canciones, ni me traiga bombones. Preocúpate por hacérmelo duro con cojones. Ven pégate, ven pégate que me matan los deseos. A fin de tenerte ya ni veo. Que llegue el momento que la noche mi me digas al oído lo que ya no le
6: decía.
5: Tú y yo solas, olvidemos que pasan las horas, aunque hayentes. A pesar de que tú digas que la amas Sabes que soy la única que prende tus llamas Y no reclama Sé que soy soy, La única que desea ser tu cama A pesar de que tú digas que la amas Sabes que soy la única que prende tus llamas Y no reclama Ay, estás llamando una vez más Estás rompiendo la rutina Parece que no puedes olvidar Como te lo hice el otro día no te lo hago como lo hago yo. Tu cuerpo no miente, no digas que no. Tu mirada me persigue cuando contigo estoy. Tú y yo solas. Olvide- Y no reclamas sí, Sé que soy sí, La única que deseas en, en tu cama A pesar de que tú digas que la amas Sabes ama? que soy la única que prende tus llamas Y no reclama.
7: Si me escucha en la emisora y ahora Use mi ahora Le metes sudando su cuerpo de mora De toda la baby, ella es la championa Se pone loquita Si me escucha en la emisora y ahora Y de pensar i you are the one for me Left your baby mom, now Cardi's your wife to be Ex had me locked up, but you came to set me free They say you're not my type, but you got my type to be So answer this, can you hold me, can I trust you? Paddock on the wrist, both arms, that's for us do Mansion on the hills, half-half if you want to But that's only if you want to me báilame ahora uh. Le metes sudando su cuerpo de mora De todas la baby, ella es la championa Se pone loquita si me escucha en la emisora Y ahora Usame, uh. báilame ahora me metí sudando su cuerpo de mora De toda la baby, ella es la campeona. Se pone loquita si me escucha la emisora Y ahora de pensar Que yo contigo quiero estar Querer probar Algo de ti para no olvidar Yo no me sé ni su nombre Pero la quiero Paso y dejo su fragancia no me desespero Digo, quiero estar esta. Quiero probar algo de ti, pan no olvidar Yo no me sé ni su nombre, pero la quiero. Paso y dejo su fragancia. No me desespero. Uh-huh. Rapapapay, rapa Oh, uh-huh. oh, uh-huh. oh. Y rapa papay, rapa Así es que la Yo quiero, quiero. Rapapapay, rapa all right so we
1: just listen to La Modelo, and this is by Osuna, and it's featuring Cardi B. I-, I wanted to see if I could get away with playing it before Radio Menea came back from break. <laughs> Shout out to Ver- Ver- Veronica Valletti-Floris, who- who's really, honestly, the reason I like this song, because she would not stop. Sharing it She was like Oh my god I repeat for 78 hours yes. So shout out to Veto well, I hope you still enjoy it
2: I can see why It's very very catchy <laughs> You've got that And you've got that Um, You've got a lovely verse From Cardi B Who also came out Or like also broke out On Love and Hip Hop Yes yes I mean
1: it, You know it's funny Because you mentioned before That like uh, uh, Love and Hip Hop Is sort of like a, a, la- a launch pad For For Hip Hop artists But it's kind of like Where Hip Hop artists Go to die You know It's just It's very like You know rappers who've burnt out and, and their hoes, you know? And, like, I mean, that's kind of how Cardi B started.
2: Well, she showed them. Yeah, girl.
1: Miss Thing. Miss Thing is at Coachella. She's, like, she's top-tier line on Sunday at Coachella.
2: And everyone is at this Coachella.
1: Busca Boya. Shout out to all the Latinos at Coachella. It's it's pretty amazing. I'm so proud of all the bibbs who are out there, like... Uh. Um, I mean did you have like a chance to like really troll the, the the lineup Bev like do you have any highlights
2: like that stood out to you I Jamairaquai first of all. What? Okay, not not <laughs> Okay, no, but um so let's start the roll call. We've got um some of the favorites that we've played on this show many times. Um I mentioned Busca Boya, we've got the Maria's, we've got Cuco. Who else? Uh, we got El Negro, we got Los Angeles Azules,
1: by the way. What? Have been like a huge point of controversy because like of course like everybody's like uh oh. You know, it should be like, you know, indie musicians or like rockers or pop stars. Girl, Los Angeles Azules are pop stars. Los Angeles Azules will headline a bitch and like, you know, kill it. Like Los Angeles, like.
2: Also, it, Coachella is always crazy diverse.
1: Look, if I see Beyonce doing El Pasito Perron, you know, I'm just going to like die. You know, like if I see like, again, if I see Eminem dancing a cumbia,
2: it's lit. Like, Coachella is it, you know? <laughs> it, yeah, Coachella's kind of amazing. And then it's sort of like, because you, you would think that, like, things were, like, going to be, like, falling off because, like, you have, like, the biggest artists in the world headlining Beyonce, Eminem. Of M. M&M. yeah. The Weekend is huge. Um, But, you know, there's also, like, it's also, like, a who's who of who is up and coming and who is relevant and who matters. And half of them are Latinx people. Yeah, I mean, like, Ibegi, uh, Kuko, as you
1: mentioned, Kaliucci's like, I mean, you know, the Latinx representation is great like on a smaller indie level and also on a relatively moderately successful level. Like like well known names. Like again, Ibegi and, and Kaliucci's are like crossing over. Like they're you know, they're doing sold-out tours yeah, and then for also, like 2,000 like, seaters, like big, you know, and big here, venues. Like, also
2: very much mixed in with um artists such as Miguel who yeah. like, you know, we don't think of them in terms of their Latinx identity, right. but it's also, like, not something they hide at all.
1: Actually, and shout-out to, uh, to Latinos who Lunch, who did, like, the Radio Lunchea Lan- episode uh, as their, like, year-end sort of episode, and they shouted out Miguel as one of their favorite, like, Latinx artists of the year, and, like, um, it was really good. It was kind of an eye-opener for myself because, like, I, I don't actually ever see him like that. Um, so, well, yeah. So it's
2: interesting how, like, some artists are... You know, they are Latinx, but it doesn't, it's not like a big part of how they present themselves. It's not something they hide. And then there's artists who, like, you know, they foreground that in one way or another, probably because that is a part of themselves. But it's sort of like, it's just so interesting how people end up getting categorized. And it can be like, between like which artist is going to end up going one way and which artist is going to another, and it's unfortunate that like you almost have to choose one. For the yeah, other.
1: I mean, well, I understand. I understand from the artist point of view, you know, like because of the industry. Even though I don't condone it at all, um, I do feel in certain ways that I'm like, if you don't rep me I don't feel like I should be repping you like I feel mm-hmm. like you know Bruno Mars and Mariah Carey we've been trying to attach this Latinidad to them that they've never claimed you know at least like like Mariah Carey sees herself as black and Mar and Bruno sees himself as Filipino you know and this has you know I'm sure that these par- are parts of their identity that you know they they will recognize but it's ne- never been a part of their oeuvre you know so it's just like it's something that I'm I'm get a little like
2: meh um but I do I think it's um I think it's like an interesting phenomenon but sure. I also feel like it's a thing that's starting to break down you know I like to think that like it's it's you don't have to be in like one category or the oh, other sure. yeah. you know at some some point and then you know we see this at Coachella because like um I'd like to think this is not like Coachella's being like oh latinidad is relevant so we're going to put this right. in there I like to think that like Coachella's about making money. Oh, Golden Boys oh, likes to make yeah. money. And like but also, you know, they don't mess around when it comes to booking the right artists for this year. Well, um, and I just feel like these are those
1: artists. Yeah, I mean Rene Contreras last year had a very public like he basically spearheaded that um, that one sort of like Latin stage. Um, you know, at Coachella, and he's obviously like the head behind Viva. He's worked for Golden Voice for years. You know, he's like an extremely important person in like indie in general, but like specifically at not not even in Latin indie, but like as pushing Latin artists as just artists. You know, um, and that to me is extremely important. It's not like the fact that there was one Latin stage was okay i was a little eh about it like i mean it's interesting for one year yeah i i, I would I, I prefer integration i you know i'm not mad that it you know that that's how it unfolded i want to see a progression obviously
2: i bet um, i think we're seeing that like yeah more and more we see like more latin artists every year and you know just like with mixed in with like a variety of other artists yeah, who are yeah. very different you know they, i think that they um oh the other one i was so excited about Wizkid. He's from Nigeria. Oh, okay. Um, Cool. So they're, you know, they're bringing the Afro beats in and like, he's huge worldwide. And so like, you know, that's just like, it's a very diverse lineup and it's not like a little multicultural tokenism here and there. (laughs) It's just like everything that I happen to think is dope right now.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I, again, I think the lineup is really fucking rad. Um, and actually let's, let's carry on with our next, uh, track. Uh, who is actually by a musician who will also be at Coachella, uh, although not presenting his own project? Uh, I'm talking about Baidoa, uh, who has been playing with Buscabulla for many years uh, as their guitarist, keyboardist, kind of like just you know uh, Prince impersonator on staff. Um, <laughs> like he is just like I mean because you you know who I'm talking about oh, right? Of you've course. seen him lot, Yeah, dude? I've seen Buscabuya. Uh Yeah, so like Baidoa, Baidoa, multiple times. Baidoa to me is a key key. Like I love by to just because, like, he, you know, again, like I compare him to Prince, you know, he's like, you know, rather small, but he's also like, has like this smoldering look, like he just reeks sex, you know, he just radiates it.
2: Like, I feel like the whole band does that and they do it really well. But
1: for Vaidoa, like, I think there's always like a, it's tongue in cheek. It's almost like comical. It's there's almost
2: like, like a, an, it's it, almost like a farce. There's an, there's an, well, also Buscoboya has that like sort of mischievous Absolutely. quality throughout, but yeah, no, he definitely embodies it. Everything very, is always very well.
1: shimmery or like, you know, pleated. And like satiny And it's, it's so strange And it's so funny um, I could
2: go on forever About how unique And mysterious All of All of Busca Boye is Yeah
1: Every single one of them Is, is interesting But
2: um, um, what, But so what's the, What's the Bairoa song So
1: well So he just dropped His debut EP That he's been teasing For about two years um, You know Fun song mess fact uh, We played Bairoa On our first episode um true two years ago probably today actually like it's been factual yeah it was early january that we started that's how long we've been waiting for this song so (laughs) well so yeah like so the ep is finally out um and what's really cool about it is that so he had it almost done in late 2017 and then the hurricanes hit um, oh, oh well, I should say. Yeah, I mean, he's Puerto Rican. He's Puerto Rican. He's based in Ponce, um, and yes, and so the 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 hurricanes completely, you know, just nuked the island. You know, um, so there's no electricity, and obviously there's other matters to worry about, like water, food, shelter. You know, helping your fellow man and woman. You know, and so yeah, and so this has been like a huge, huge thing for him. Um, and uh, you know, actually, uh, Raquel and uh, Luis Fre Abusca set up the Prima Fund, uh, which is to help Puerto Rican independent musicians, um, you know, release music.
2: Uh, oh, you know. I knew about that. Absolutely. I did not know that they set it up. Yeah, that was them. I thought they were just supporting it. That is so awesome.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure they started it. I, I, I mean,
2: if you're saying it, I'm sure it's you're true. You're
1: going to make me Google it now just to be sure, but but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they started it. It sounds right. Um, and and yeah, and so he was, uh, I was able to finally release the EP uh, through the help of Prima. Um, and the EP is fantastic. I I mean, you know, we've played two songs before. Cindy Lee brought one uh called Champagne Days uh last year as well, also in January. Huh. Fun fact. <laughs> we always play by to one January. Um and uh yeah, and it's just like it's like a nineties house party. The EP is just like fun vibes, it's very like coogey sweaters and gold chains. It's very like the dick in a box video. Like it's just sort yes, of, like, it's okay. that, it, it like, I, I, I wrote a, a review of it for Remezcla. And at, at one point I described uh, champagne days, actually that it should inspire um, a million kid and play dance offs. Um, yes. And okay. so I'm going to play 16 candles. You know, there's a, the, the, the track 16 candles. Um, it's again, this whole, this whole EP has that sort of like late eighties, early nineties, you know, teen romance house party feel.
2: So um, we're we're going I'm, I'm assuming this is a John Hughes reference
1: I, I believe so And it's very It's a slow jam Full of saxophone Like you can almost feel Molly Ringwald Sort of like leering at you From across the room <laughs> um, I'm really into it uh, Let's listen to that now This is 16 Candles by Baidoa
2: embodies that like over the top kind of winking sexiness. Yeah. It's like ridiculous, but it's also still extremely sexy.
1: Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a cutscene from a Cinemax love, you know, sequence. Like, you know, we're all wearing like satin nightgowns and like our hair is like really feathered and like a breeze just rolled in and it moved my It's very it
2: just, soft focus. It just
1: blew my house coat a little bit open and you know maybe my nipples are erect. <laughs> You know, it's it's
2: so that which um, is like yeah. So it's it's so great, and maybe like that's a big part of like maybe he's a big maybe he's like the secret weapon of Buscaboya. People don't realize that like that's where a lot of that comes from. I don't I, know.
1: It's funny because like they're like you know they're all sexy in like their own way. You know, like it's just they all have their own things that work for them. Um, I I don't know. I'm 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 team Buscaboya, and I'm team Baidoa, and I'm team. I want to see what else happens.
2: Well, I've got something else since we've been doing like, we're like, seem to be in a segment of like indie Latin pop or just, we've been doing a lot of Latin pop in general. We've been sort of exploring what's going on with that.
1: Yeah. Oh girl, it's about to get real
2: poppy after this, but. Well, yeah. So we've got this newcomer, Tatiana Hazel from Chicago. Some of you folks out there maybe have heard of her. Yay, Chicago. Um, I wrote about her single for Ramescla and I couldn't get it out of my mind, my soul, Stuck in my head for days. It's a banger. It's and real good. So it's called No Man Quaintress. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her. And, like, it's interesting. It mixes a little bit of kumbi and a little bit of reggaeton. Yeah. So she self-produces all of this stuff. And this is, like, her own creation. And then, so she's a great producer. And then on top of that, she's a great songwriter. Like The song is so catchy. Wait, so she produced that? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yep. She's, like, you know, um, one of these folks in their bedroom. Producing songs. Huh. Yeah, well, okay. So, because
1: I did get like a very like DIY quality of it, but like it was, well, but it was high quality. Like, mm-hmm. like I, you know, because like it's it's kind of like a relatively simple beat, but it's just like, um, you know, uh, it, when the percussion, there's a percussion aspect to it that sounds a little bit, it reminded me of Angelica Negron, how she makes the beats with like pots in the kitchen. Um, there's there's one that's, like goes like, you know, like it reminded me of that. And I
2: was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I think that th- this was more like um, you know finding bundles on the internet and oh, taking them apart and I'm putting sure. them back together, <laughs> but um, and then also the lyrics are great. No, no man, quaintress. Mm-hmm. The, the chorus is like um, you know the night will be mine, the night will be yours. It's like this euphoric breakup song. Mm. I don't know. We just have to listen to it. <laughs>
8: Solo quiero ser como yo soy Y he hecho todo por ti Ahora solo pienso en mí Siempre he querido ser mejor Y cuando me besas Actúas como no te afecta Baby, Porque tú me mientas? Yo sé muy bien lo que piensas Y lo piensas, estar conmigo Siempre está bien defensivo
1: Part where she, where where the beat goes like k-dung, 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 k-dung. like I, yeah, there's like a little cumbia-ish, but like it it sounds like a pot. It sounds like she's banging a pot, which I really like.
2: Yeah, I don't know. She just has like um, a really good ear for like beats and sounds, and I don't. Know, I feel like almost like that high part that sounds like a pot almost sounds like almost like a steel drum. Yeah, like, okay. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like people or like um, you know like like Brazilian samba. Mm-hmm. Like there's like she just. Um, I, she's doing that, that thing that like so many artists are doing that I really love where they're like they're just experimenting with different sounds and creating entirely new kinds of Latin music yeah because you know? I mean
1: you know if, if I I mean if I didn't you know work in this business you know I wouldn't know I wouldn't hear the, the reggaeton or the cumbia references I would just be like oh it's a cool like indie pop song um that's true. Also,
2: you don't, yeah, you don't need to be into that stuff to enjoy it. Cause it's b- she's but, just great,
1: but it's also not obvious. And like, and that's what, and that's what I like. It's not, it's not an obvious reference. Like, you know, the, the sort of the beat itself, like the pattern, um, is, you know, you can trace it, but it's not, like, overt. Yeah,
2: um, I mean, I think in in a lot of ways, she just, like, and I, I talked to her briefly for the premiere, she just, like, sat down to make a song. Yeah. And this is what she came up with. It's fucking great. You know? I hope she sits down, makes
1: more, and I want to hear them all. Yes, please. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on. Okay, so this is where things are about to get real radio-friendly. <laughs> so um, we're doing some pop stuff. This is, you know, this is our pop life. This is, you know, 2018 new year who dis.
2: yeah and i don't know it just seems like a really good time to talk about it for some reason yeah
1: i, I don't know it's just like I, so i'm you know uh i've brought in a couple of regga- reggaeton tracks uh and so did you actually and mm-hmm. you know not like not that we're like yeah you know like this isn't the mis- miseducation episode
2: again this is just like no this, this is, is this cool is just stuff. becoming a normal part of our lives yeah now. And which i think like makes sense like we have to i realized why this is good. Like this like t- 2017 was very much a year of latin pop and yeah, crossovers absolutely. in the us and so yeah we need to talk about it we need to talk about probably we need to talk about it a lot because yeah. it's like we can't we this is this is a latin music podcast we well, need we need to talk about what's happening and
1: we just played cardi and osuna i mean and that's like that's been a huge pop hit i you know it's on the charts like it's 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 charting uh, i don't know if it's in the top 10 but i know it's charting um, and it's it's a hit for sure. I mean, it has like gazillions of views online. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just like you know what I've what I've had. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I, I, there's a there's kind of a different energy uh, going through my mind because like I've pretty much solidified my trip. Uh, tickets are bought. Miss thing. I'm out. You know, New York it's, is the end of an era.
2: It's not. It's not a joke anymore. Yeah. It's not. I, or at least I can't joke about it anymore. I have to take it seriously. <laughs> March 9th, y'all I'm
1: out of New York. Uh, I'll, I'll be back briefly, but you know, if y'all want to, want to hook up, y'all want to like get, 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 a cocktail, Kiki, maybe hook up for real, hit me up, you know, before March 9th. Um, but yeah, no, but like, yeah, so, so, so again, like that Cardi song, like I just, I don't know. I've just been feeling really good lately. I just like, I'm really excited, excited. I feel like 2018 has like a lot yet to, to reveal and like in a good way. And so like, uh, I've, I, I, one of the things that I don't care for with reggaeton usually is that it's a little too like perky. It's a little too like pointlessly happy. I like things that are a little bit edgier and I don't know, since I'm feeling happy, pointlessly happy, I'm just like, you know what? Let me just listen to this shit. And like, so I've been listening to a lot of, um, you know, these very nice, fun, tropical thingies. And so, um, uh, the next song that we're going to play, this is a song by Solomon Ray, uh, and uh, the song is called El Otro. Um, and I, you know, he is an up-and-coming reggaeton artist uh, who messaged me, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I I like uh, the stuff that you write on Remezcla, You know, would you know, I I I think you should listen." And, like, I'm super glad that I did because, you know, it's really, really cool. Like, he's up and coming. Uh, he he has, like, some music that he's put out before in English. Um, but he's, you know, transitioning into Spanish. And so El Otro is, like, his first, you know, proper foray into reggaeton. And, you know, he tried to get Vivo to, to promote it. And they were like, nah, you know. Um, what? Why? Yeah. What? So he's Mexican. Okay. And, which already goes kind of against the general, like, because this is the this is a very mainstream sounding reggaeton song, um, like it's yeah, very so baleny, like, it's very maluma. So people um,
2: want him to be, so people want him to be from Puerto Rico. Or they yeah, they kind of want be at the, least from the Dominican Republic. They're like, so
1: you're not Caribbean? Cool. Um, and then he's also, you know, gay and he's openly gay. Like he's, you know, it's not really like I'm not spilling his tea here, you know. You know, um,
2: like reggaeton, though, is ubiquitous. It's unavoidable. Absolutely. People listen to it all over Latin America. They're listening to it more and more everywhere now. So, I mean, this is going to happen. There's going to be artists from all over making reggaeton. It's like it's yeah. going to become that. Like um, I was just talking to I, I met. um a lady named Irma and she was just telling me about her trip to Cuba and she's like all you hear is reggaeton there. Really? Yeah. Huh.
1: Well, cuz you know like we're starting to have the conversation about reggaeton that we had about hip hop a few years ago which mm-hmm. is basically like this is the new pop music. You know, it's just it is what it is. And so this is this is what's getting billion plays on YouTube now. You know, this is this is the pop music. Um and so yeah, and I I was really captivated by the song. I think it's really fucking great. You know, um, and oh, and this is the thing. So like, Vivo was like, "No, nah, we're not really going to promote your thing." You know, you know what? If you get a hundred thousand plays in a month, we'll you know we'll think about we'll, it. We'll think about it. And he got a hundred and fifty plays in the first week. So
2: you said, suck so it. You said so that's, <laughs> wait, that's a hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, a
1: hundred and fifty thousand plays. I'm sorry. Yes. Whoa. No, this thing blew that shit out of the water in a week. Uh, in a week. Um, Yeah, he turned it. Turned it. Like, yeah. So. Um, you know, really excited, really excited to cover this artist, uh, you know, to talk about him here, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously waiting for a little bit more content, uh, but I, I definitely want to like write about him and I, I want to like, I want to make sure people know who he is cause he's really cool and I like his perspective. I like, I like his persona. I like the music that he's making and I like his story. I think his story is very compelling and yeah, that this music should not, you know, like obviously we should know where the music came from, which is the Caribbean, but it shouldn't only be grounded there you know you have white people making hip-hop you know like obviously genres evolve and you know as long as you're doing it respectfully and you know you have something to contribute fuck it
2: i mean it'll be lame if like white people in the u.s start making reggaeton and then they get more famous than anyone else who yeah but you know what i mean it and then they get more famous well, like, Justin Bieber's "Sorry" is a is a Dembow song. That this is true, and this that is Poor, terrible. So it's it's, it's already it's happening, and everything sucks. No, but I had a bad dream like this. But Ooh.
1: anyway, we should we should listen to this <laughs> because that many plays can't be wrong. All right. So this is Solomon Ray. The song is "El Otro," and we'll be right back.
9: Se que me amas, pero quizá. Ese es un amor de los que viene y va En las noches cuando tú no estás Todavía espero verte una vez más Sé que soy el
2: So that was really cool and interesting to me um, because it doesn't sound like a Caribbean reggaeton song. It, it kind of sounds, just sounds like a pop song. Yeah, it sounds like a like a um, a rootless pop song. Yeah, and like um, but it's also reggaeton, so it's it's interesting. It's like a new um permutation of reggaeton, which you know we've seen with like um Puerto Rican and Dominican reggaeton artists, you know, taking things in more of like a a global pop direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but this like takes things another step forward because it's like so melodic. Well, I also feel like
1: uh, a lot of reggaeton is going in the trap direction. And so I feel like you know he's taking it in the opposite direction. This this song reminds me a lot of like pop uh, many pop jams from like the 80s and 90s. Like it you know has it reminds yes. me of like of artists like Faye or like Gabat. Like there's that there's that like very um yeah, I don't know. There's like a in- 90s pop feel to it that I really yeah. like. Or even the early 2000s. I found myself yeah. thinking of Savage Garden. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and but like in a non-referential way. It's just like yeah. it's just like it's so um what's what's the what's the feeling here? It's just that it's so not harmless, but it's just so so like joyful, or it's it's very accessible. It's very it's um it's very light. It's light, but 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 not in a dismissive way. You know, it's just like it's fun and it's engaging and it's it's bubblegummy, but it's not too saccharine. Um, I don't know. I I really connected to it. I think it's really really fun. Um, I mean,
2: I I love regular flavor reggaeton, <laughs> but this is this is intriguing. Color yeah. me intrigued. Yeah, no, I'm, so moving on from
1: an artist, a uh, reggaeton artist who is gay, to one that is allegedly gay. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to play a song by Maluma. Um, I, I, again, I've just been feeling away I've just been feeling, you know, I've been going on YouTube. I'll put a song that I'm feeling. Again, it's La Modelo or it's, you know, El Otro. And I'll just let YouTube do its thing and just like the little shuffle thing. Um, I kind of get red for filth sometimes when, like, you know, I just say that I don't really use Spotify to discover music, but I do still use YouTube. I do still like YouTube, kind of going on that like related
2: artist shuffle no, thing. YouTube is so much better at like serving me new music that I'm going to like than Spotify probably will ever be.
1: I mean, people are like oh, miss thing. You don't use Spotify, but are like, what you been like when the with the fucking uh, you know songs of 2017 that you heard, blah blah blah. I. Couldn't physically do it I couldn't Like I tried doing it And oh, the thing was like We do not have enough data for you
2: <laughs> I've done it And they're like Always wrong Yeah And I don't know I think like the actual Playlist makers Are amazing And I'm aw- and I'm in awe of them But anything algorithmic psh- Was
1: it Was it all like Via
2: Futuro and no bunny It Ha! Did you say no bunny or did you mean to say bad bunny or did you mean to say no bunny? I meant to say no bunny. You know about my no bunny obsession. You've talked about it on the show. Do you remember? That's I'm amazing. A, I'm, a,
1: I'm a song mess listener. I've actually given it five stars and you guys should too. Um, it, wow. Okay. We need to. Okay. but We're Getting focusing. Back to um, Maluma. Um, yeah. And so Maluma, this song is one of those songs that I just discovered. It is new. So it counts as a new, you know, new music pick. Um, it came out middle of December. The song is called Corazon. Uh, and it features Nego do Borel. Um, and it's really cool because so Maluma here, um, is speaking, uh, quite a bit of Portuguese and Nego do Borel is a Brazilian artist. And, um, Portuguese sounds pretty good. I think. I yeah no, it's not it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, Um, but what I like about it because it's not necessarily something that I've thought about before. I mean, it's entirely possible that it's happened. It's just you know this isn't really my genre. But um, I've never thought of marketing reggaeton to Brazilians, or you know, or just to people who speak Portuguese in general. You know, Um, I wonder if this is uh, sort of a new market. You know, again, like. Uh, and in the next song that we're going to play after that, you will talk more about the sort of potential crossover, but y- yeah, I, I, I've never thought of that. And it seems quite obvious. I mean, like Brazilians love the turn up, and reggaeton is great for dancing.
2: And you know, it, so, you know, I listened to this song before the show, it kind of works. And, um, but I just have a question. Who is the featured artist? Do you familiar with them?
1: Um, not at all. Again, his name is Nego Doborel and, uh, he seems like a rapper. I don't know anything about
2: him. I should have Googled, but I didn't. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> let's give it a listen.
10: All right, all right, baby. Tú me partiste el corazón. Maluma, baby. Pero mi amor, no hay problema. No, no. Ahora puedo regalar. Un pedacito a cada nena. Solo un pedacito. Tú me partiste el corazón. Ya no venga más con eso, cuento mami. Si sí, desde el principio siempre estuve, baby. Nunca me avisaron cuál era el problema. Te gusta estar rodando por camanzadena. Ah, ahora me tocó a mí cambiar el sistema. Andar con gatas nuevas. Repartir el corazón sin tanta pena. Ahora te digo goodbye. Muy pa' pati ya no hay. No tengo miedo de decir adiós. Yo quiero repartir. Agora te digo goodbye. Muito obrigado para ti já não hai Você partiu meu coração Ai meu coração Primero, nuestro caso acabó uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. No tengo miedo de decir adiós Yo quiero repartir mi corazón uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Ahora te digo goodbye Muito obrigado, por ti ya no, no hay baby. Tú me partiste el corazón Ciao.
1: So, yeah, um, so you brought this song in, Bev. Um, So, yeah, this is Anita and J Balvin, and the song is called Downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is a perfect example of what we were just talking about, right? About, like, you know, exploring this Brazilian market. I mean, you
2: know. uh, Uh, Yeah, I kind of chose it as a theme, you know, in, in the sense that, like, well, you know, we've got these... Two collaborative songs by like pretty mainstream artists, right. and you know with Portuguese artists, and you know obviously Anita is, uh, Anita is breaking out also, and so it's just like I don't really have a point in bringing it in so much as just like there's something interesting going on here, and she's singing you know? in Spanish there in in this song, yes, so. and then a little bit of Portuguese, I think they go in back and forth,
1: mm, maybe, uh, I mean, I mean, and I think that's cool because it's maybe like. Uh, again, and I've been saying this for years and I'm not going to stop saying it, you know, people like to forget that Brazil or Brazilians are Latinos, like, or that Brazil is a part of Latin America just because, the you know, the language is different. Like, you know, um, Brazil is a huge source of entertainment, of creativity, the arts, the music, the film. Like it's fucking crazy what Brazil has. I mean, like again, I went there. I I spent there a week and I was like, "Oh girl, this is not even a drop in the bucket." You know? Um and so, I think I mean, it,
2: and it's like it's like a huge country.
1: Yeah, and and I mean and like again, as you, and this is one of the reasons like for example, like on my trip, one of the big things that I really want to do is I want to travel through Mexico because, you know, there are such different identities in every part of Mexico. And it's something that like it took me a long time to realize because, you know, gringo, but then you think about how the U.S. has such different identities in each different corner of the country. And it's the same for Brazil, you know, and China and Russia. You know, all these huge, huge countries have very, very different
2: people in in all its different corners. That's why I feel like, you know, that we... Like, a lot of, like, the big, diverse nations, like, I feel like the U.S. has a lot in common with. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so we're always doing this, like, American exceptionalism thing. But I feel like, particularly the U.S. and Mexico have more in common than they don't have in common. Absolutely. You know, so it's just like... It's it's North America. I mean, they speak a different language in Canada too. They speak French. Yeah, exactly. And they're not joking about speaking French. It's not like sometimes on Sundays they speak French. Well,
1: and like, and the thing is that most Canadians, like, you can go to Toronto and somebody will be like, "Hey, yo, hey, girl, what's up?" Blah 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 blah. And then, like, for some reason, you know, something French comes up and they're like, you know, and they'll like speak it flawlessly because it's it's required in school. Like, there's no reason Americans shouldn't speak Spanish when you think about the, the like. The overwhelming numbers of Spanish speakers in this country, you know, Latino or otherwise, it doesn't matter. There's like,
2: you know, I like it's kind of a, like, sh- can't we, shouldn't we just like all have like, like one pan North American thing where like we all speak French and English and Spanish when I was it's growing fine. up, when I was growing up in the Dominican Republic, it is required in school. It's not an elective. It's required that
1: you learn both English and Spanish and French in school. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and of course, and because, Spanish, obviously, you know, because
2: of its proximity to Haiti.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so, and like, obviously because of the close ties to the U S English is, you know, so like I went to school learning three languages. I mean, I, you know, I can understand some French, I suck at it, but like, you know, and I spoke English at home, so I had a bit of, a bit of an advantage, but still like my, my classmates had, my classmates could speak better English than I promise you just about any Gringo
2: speaking Spanish, you know, and it's on three, (laughs) get it together, America. Yeah, for real. But um, I mean
1: you know and but it's the same thing that you know you're saying that with with like Canada right like there's no reason that we shouldn't have this shit figured out you know um I don't know
2: it's just uh, and then like a so is it and then that's another thing like we you know we emphasize the difference between the US and Mexico but mm-hmm. then we also de-emphasize how different Canada is from us we're like yeah they're just exactly like us and it's no big deal it's hardly another country like no Canada's different they've got their own thing going on up there
1: yeah it's like you know um, you know, like the, the, like those memes of like, you know, you, you went down like the fucked up path or the good path.
2: Canada went down the right one. Uh, <laughs> well, you talk to a Canadian and they might, they'll have a few bones to pick with well, the way
1: things. Well, I'm sure. And, you know, I mean, especially if they're, you know, from Quebec. But
2: uh, again, whatever. I just, I, again, I or just. Or not white. Good point. A lot of people would be like. Hashtag. Li- hi. hi. Canada is racist. Well, yes, um, but yeah. I no. mean, that's what
1: happens also when you're like far away from the world. Yeah, I don't mean to glorify Canada here.
2: It's not that. It's not. I mean, as much as we'd love to, there's there's no escaping to the north. Not really. Fun fact: countries and cultures and societies are complicated. Yeah. Um, oh okay. no, but, but getting back to like Brazil and the song I chose. I yes. don't know. I also picked J. Belvin because like. If we're talking about, if we're having, like, a, a Latin pop-centric episode, we we need to, like, talk about J Balvin a little bit. Yeah. Or at least play him.
1: If Maluma's here, his soul brotherhood should be as well.
2: Yeah, and, you like, know. you know, we need, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we need to talk, we obviously need to talk about reggaeton and all the ways it's changing, and I think we're covering that. And, well, then, and, and, and that's a perfect way to,
1: you know, go into the next thing, uh, you know, the changing tides in reggaeton. Uh, you brought in some
2: very interesting young artists, beverly Yes. Well, I recently discovered Laguni Changa mm-hmm. of Miami. A... Hey. Um, Via Emily Kane Hi, Emily I know nothing about her Like, um, who well, is this person? I knew her through Sound Friends She was one of the Sound Friends a em- Emily <laughs> oh. I'm talking about Laguni like Chonga Well, like, <laughs> Emily's pretty cool, too I'm, And uh, I'm sure I should get she has to know amazing her amazing taste in music She's a really good writer Anyway okay. Oh, and she, like, started the book club that I'm in That I haven't gone to in a while We'll talk about it later, Emily Anyway, um <laughs> So... Anyway, uh, so, okay, Um, so, yeah, Laguni Changa, Um, I don't know a ton about her either, but she's been written up by Rameskla, some other folks, Um, she's from Miami, and she just, she's very much about, like, being, like, bad and messy, and um, just, like, also, like, about that money, like, she's just, like, you know... The kind of lady who is, like, eternally my hero.
1: Yeah, I'm getting these, like, neo-perreo vibes, right? Like, this very, like, Tomasa del Real sort of dirty girl from the
2: club. Yeah, and I, I love how, like, she's just, like... I love her name. I love, like, first of all, embracing the term chonga. Right. And then also that, like... What does that mean? It's, like, a subculture... From Miami, Dade County. I think oh. that it, it sort of coalesced in the 1990s. Because I knew about cholas, and I wonder if. I, I thought chongas were Filipina. It's kind of a similar thing. I see. I don't know. Chonga might mean something else if maybe, you're Filipino. Maybe it's, or maybe it's cu- cu- Cuban girls. I don't know. Mm, I think it's, it's more of like a Miami Latina thing. <laughs> we should really Google or tweet at us. You know, yeah, to, yeah tr- someone, if someone would like to set us straight on this, but um, no, I think it's, yeah, anyway. So basically, the, like, if you want to know about Chonga, just watch her videos. Um,
1: I bet uh, our listener, Ricky down in, in Atlanta, has already heard this song before. But uh, so, yeah, so we're going to play Laguni Chonga. This song is called Claro que si, and we will be right back.
6: Si lo quiero yo lo tengo, claro que sí Mucho dinero yo mantengo, claro que sí Se mi pelo negro, claro que sí La mujer de tu sueño, claro que sí Si lo quiero yo lo tengo, claro que sí Mucho dinero yo mantengo
4: i
2: After Laguni um, which I love that beat. Yeah, I mean, you oh were like God, I love everything about that song. Is it a bop? It's, it is. A, I think it's a banger. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but and then also after that, we heard uh, an, a collaboration by Miss Nina and La Fave, two uh, Neo Pareo artists who have collaborated before. That track was called Duele, produced by Beauty Brain, and I uh, was pretty into that, too. And speaking of YouTube discoveries... Um, I'd like to share another song with you by uh, Nati Peluso. She's Argentinian, currently based in Spain. Um, so we've got like a whole like uh, Spain nexus going on here because Mazzina's from Spain. Yeah,
1: Mazzina's from Spain, and like I, I feel like we we keep fine uh, and like I know that uh, Favi, her I believe her dad is from Spain. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we we have a lot of these connections of like Argentines. You know, who? I mean, I don't think La Fave, I think La Fave is just, you know, Spanish through and through. But I, we have had a couple of Argentines based in Spain that we featured recently, haven't we? I
2: think so. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah, so this has, like, been, like, kind of, so this is an interesting thing. And, like, um, I think that's why uh, Natty popped up mm-hmm. on my YouTube oh, okay. while I, I was checking out uh, Lagunichonga. And then, you know, so I was like, oh, and then like Miss Nina and La Fabi, that's new. Okay. And then I was like, oh, well, who's Natty Peluso? And uh, she's a rapera. And uh, she's got this song, uh Corace? think it's like not her newest track yeah but it's the one or maybe it is the newest track and i thought it was pretty cool so the track is called coraje
1: coraje and and what i think is funny about it is because like she's saying courage which in spanish is coraje but you know uh, argentines have such a distinctive way of speaking that um you know like you'll hear her say it throughout the song you know like tener coraje uh and i just think it's really funny that like she you know, um, change the the spelling of it uh, for the song because it it
2: I mean it is more distinctive of her uh, of her voice, and then yeah so it's like so there's just a lot it is everything about it's very distinctive yeah the track where it's just like she immediately caught my ear and I don't know there's like maybe a little bit of like a almost like a trip hop thievery mm-hmm. corporation okay. kind of atmospheric thing going on in the track yeah. and just like that kind of like. Laid back. I don't have to work too hard to hold your attention. Um, but it, but it's delivery. intense. No, it is. So
1: much. She put so much energy in that. Like this is this and the Tatiana Hazel song are my favorites that you brought in today. Like it just it felt it feels so fresh. The track evolves. You know, it like halfway through the track you're like, am I listening to something else? Like it's so cool and it's so seamless. Um, I I'm like obsessed with this
2: track. Well, let's let's let everybody hear it.
11: de mi inmerso centro entró como saliva del arce negro estás Nunca te dije flaco quédate conmigo fuiste vos solo nomás ¿Cómo pudiste negro no leerme? Te escribí por en mí no perderme Duele la aguja fría ahora como agua sobre la frente perfora Yo no quería nada más que estar pegado un rato Te sufrí ahora reposo serena mi canto Limaste chabón con la lluvia que hay ¿Querés que me quede allá afuera? ¿Querés que me quede allá afuera? Veneno en mi valle, te hace falta más coraje Vengo vestida de diabla, paseo por tus calles Llevo un vestido Versace, sé que hará que te raye No hace falta que te vaya, nena afrontame Te hace falta coraje, te hace falta coraje Te hace, te hace, te hace falta coraje te rito medalla para convertirme de oro Y olvidar todas las rayas que te volaste ayer Voy a perderme a la pana en busca de placeres Yo callaré, me di no fallaré Tu viste la belleza Te se fa te coraje Te se falta Te se falta Te se fa te coraje Te se falta coraje Te se falta Te se fa te coraje coraje co co coraje coraje co co coraje coraje co co coraje coraje serenata, acordate que soy Natalia, reina de la vigilia deja que te combata ya, ah no, te hace falta coraje, te hace, te hace te hace falta coraje, mi catarata que tu cerebro hidrata y porque te asustada, caso no
1: The first time I ever went to Festival Normal uh, in Mexico, this was in, back when I was still in Monterrey. Um, I, you know, I got there early because I'm that guy. I'm, you know, I'm usually more interested in the indie stuff than I am in the, you know, the big headliners.
2: And you're a super fan.
1: Uh, yeah, and I'm a super fan. <laughs> um, and so yeah, and so I got there like really early, and obviously like you know the the first bands played, and you know there's like 20 people there. Um, and yeah, and I befriended this guy named Julio. Um, and this was five years ago, um, and we're still friends, um, and I've come, and, like, and, and, you know, and he's not, like, some indie, you know, guy in his 20s, like, he was, like, a dad. He was, like, he's a cab driver, I believe, or, like, limousine driver, I think, actually. Uh, I don't know if he still does that, um, but, yeah, he was, like, a dad, you know, probably in his late 30s, early 40s, um, just, like, a very, like, normal guy who, like, lives in Monterrey, uh, where this festival was being held back in the day, and we've stayed friends ever since. And like, he is an extremely knowledgeable music person. Like, he just knows so much shit about shit. And so, he actually uh, is one of the admins of a Facebook group called The Hype. Um, and he added me one day. He's like, "Hey, you know, you love music. Share some shit." Um, and so, through that Facebook. Facebook group, I discovered the band that we were just listening to, uh, which is called uh, Juniors del Ghetto. The song is called Sociedad de la Medianoche. Because, uh, like, I just got tagged in it randomly one day. And they were so like... this is, like,
2: a new discovery for you?
1: Yeah, it is. And apparently they've been around for a while. And I actually pay atten- a lot of attention to uh, Monterrey's indie scene. Because, like, Monterrey, like, is has turned out fantastic indie music for years. I mean, if you think about clubs, if you think about, you know, Bam Bam, or, like... Young tender, yeah. Selma even going Oksur. back to
2: like the Happy Fi uh, exactly. collective, yeah, for no, sure, uh,
1: or or um, Sutsut, uh, you know, of of Nafi, or, or
2: even if you want to go back to Kinky,
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Gloria Trevi is also from Monterrey. What? Yeah, yeah, like, but their but their indie is like phenomenal in Monterrey. There's
2: there's something in the water there,
1: and there's a and there's a
2: sound to it. So um, I no, really it's actually like just it. that it's industry, and it's a relatively uh, there's a lot of industry there, and it's a relatively. Um, prosperous city
1: yeah i mean it's it's very cool like i i actually like so it can like support a music scene i really miss the 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 normal in in monterrey like it was just a very different vibe it was just really fun i mean it because it felt less like mexico city is very fashiony it's a you know it's a big metropolis so like a lot of the people that show up to the festival are really just you know full pose and like let me see some gringos um but in monterrey like it was like everybody's you know oh that's my friend he's in that band that's cool you know, I don't know. I, I really liked it. And yeah, so this, this, this uh, song really transported me back to that. And like the fact that like, yeah, I have that feeling there is, it's like very like old school indie. Yeah, exactly. Something very unique. Like it, it, it was very Clue I feel like this would have been all over Clue And
2: I can see what it is like. There's another thing. It's sort of like why there's so much great music that comes out of um, San Jose, Costa Rica. It's that you often get really, really great music cities that are not the biggest city. Right. It's like big enough and then also slightly isolated and sheltered so that, like, your own weird thing can develop. Yeah, it's it's like a greenhouse,
1: right? Like, it, you know, every everybody has enough space to sort of stretch out and, like, experiment, but, like, it's contained enough that everybody sort of, like, also learns and helps each other.
2: And that's um, how you get a nice band like that, where it's, like, there's there's just something slightly odd or unique about them. Absolutely. And, but also really good.
1: And, yeah, and I, I really, like, the, you know, they put out a video, and so I thought, like, so, uh, like, Sociedad de la Medianoche, right, I thought it was, like, maybe a reference to, like, the Midnight Society from like that wasn't wasn't there a Nickelodeon show that like where they used to do like horror stories and like Who's I think, Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, I think and I, they had the Midnight Society where like all the kids would come you know together and like tell those stories. I was um,
2: the, oh that might be what it's called, which I, like is totally a thing that a band from Mexico would go for. Like, absolutely, super. They, <laughs> they love the like the like a lot of the indie bands like they love like a really weird random pop culture reference. And
1: it's, I mean, and again, you know, and this, this band apparently has three or four EPs. And I, and like I told the guy, I was like, I can't like, you know, cover your stuff right now just because like it, it's already out. But I was like, keep me posted because this is definitely a band that I want to, I, I, I feel like more people should know about. I'm like, this is really
2: good indie. I'm like, oh, Okay. Um, well, that's one thing I love, I love about the podcast is like, we don't have to worry about release dates. Exactly. We don't have to worry about like, you know, the voice of the publication we're writing for. Exactly. We can just play what we want and we can say what we want about it Well, right and, away. And now it's, now it's a bookmark, you know, because now I'm
1: like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You putting something out, girl? Like, let me know. What's good. Um, anyway, so yeah, so, uh, I think we're we're there. This is the end of our show. We've Almost. we've done it again. We've done it again, Bev.
2: Another another episode, another year, and so you know, we have a tendency to like become complete downers towards the end of the episode. Hey. And you know, so anyway, guys, your father and I have been talking <laughs> and we decided that there was something we couldn't not talk about, even though it's music it's not music related, because we have a lot of love for El Salvador and for Salvadorans that we know. And this thing where um, the the temporary protected status is being revoked for Salvadorans and, you know, but, but also for people from Nicaragua, Honduras, Haiti. But with um, El Salvador, we're talking about 200,000 people in the U.S., right that our president is just saying suddenly, pretty much out of nowhere, uh, you have to leave. It was, okay, it says temporary protected status, it was supposed to be temporary, but you know, it was left that way for long enough that people have gotten to build lives here. They have children here now who are the dreamers, and you know, this is just, it's also like, not a good idea. The reason there are certain problems like, you know, the gang violence in El Salvador now is partly because of an earlier wave of deportations. Like, this is not how you handle refugee crises. You know, you can't just, like, open your doors to people and then be like, "Up, oh, time's up. Okay, we're just going to, like, completely move your life like you're a piece of furniture. Well, and don't forget
1: that we funded, like, their civil war and, like, many others, you know? Like, all of the fucking contras
2: in Central America. That was us. Yes, absolutely. So, like, you know, we just... America either, like, actually has a short memory or pretends to have a short memory for, like, the messes we make and pretend, like, you know, the things... Like, the, the few, like, refugees that we bring in, like, are, like a tiny Band-Aid on, like, the messes we make. Well, and some, and half the time we made the problem
1: in the first place.
2: Yes. (laughs) And then, you know, like, I mean, I know our president can't read. but But, like, he read, like, one Wikipedia page. Wrong. It would be clear that this was, like, just a really, really, really bad idea. Like, you're going to be creating another humanitarian crisis. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the mass deportation is a humanitarian crisis. Yes. Like, you're sending people to a place where they do not have homes.
1: Oh, they will likely just send them to Mexico. That's, like, (laughs) that's the other gag. Like... You know, I, th- this is just what they do. This is what they do. Like, these racist fucks, that's what they do. That's what they're going to do. Um, you know, I mean, this is a massive diaspora that we have here. Uh, you know, Salvadorans are largely responsible for decentralizing the com- the conversation of, like, basically, like, all, like, you know, like, DACA and, and immigrant issues, Latin American I- I- immigrant issues being, like you know, decentralizing them from being like Mexican issues, like, you know, of, of raising the voice and the profile of like central Americans who escaped the horrors
2: of war in the eighties and nineties, you know, like, and the earthquake that initially like, uh, touched off like, like in the two thousands, it was this earthquake, which is why, um, you know, they ended up having, you know, we created this program, um, for the temporary protected status. And now they're like, well, I guess the country's rebuilt now. You got to go home. And it's like home
1: girl, just for a couple of fucking poll points from some from some dumbass white folks in like you know wherever in Kentucky,
2: like that's what outrages me so much yeah. about um so many of the things, so many Republican policies, which is like they're always trying to fix things about this country that aren't broken. When like there is plenty of things about this country that are definitely broken, like Flint, Michigan doesn't have clean water still. Go fix that. You know th- this this country is a little bit
1: like that auntie that like has so many problems but she can only be like you're fat and you're old and really grow that dress <laughs> you know it's just like
2: like mind your business you know like which, which is like and I mean clearly like this person is trying to deflect attention away from something else which is clearly like so yeah so like f- what are what are you deflecting attention away from right now hmm? well trump, trump trump can suck
1: all of my balls um <laughs> after i've gone to the gym because he really is unworthy um, and yeah, no, fuck this bullshit, uh, you know, sending lots of love to, uh, anybody affected by this nonsense, um, you know, shout out to, I know, uh, you know, Fra Maravilla, obviously, and out in El Salvador, who is, you know, friend of the show, uh, Winston of Soda Mesa podcast, uh, again, I'm sure we have a uh, ton of you listeners out there who, who are, um, Salvadoran, uh, you know, hit us up, what are your thoughts, what are your comments on it, you know, is there a song that you think captures it or reflects or do you th- would be appropriate for us to play on the show like you know we want to hear your perspectives i don't know yeah, just... send us
2: a song send us a voice memo we're not done talking about this absolutely
1: not no um and yeah uh before we play our last song um which is not actually related to this at all but uh, before we we play ourselves out um beverly where can people listen to our show
2: Oh, um, are a very, very downer of a show. <laughs> hey, you know, we played you lots of fun pop music before we, we hit you with the humanitarian crisis. That's uh, how we roll. Uh, uh, mass deportation. So, you know, if you're like, uh, you know, if you're back for more, uh, you can check us out on iTunes, please subscribe and like, like us, give us five stars and, yes, and write a, a nice, uh, comments, only nice ones. We're very sensitive. Um, you can also listen to us on Stitcher, Google play and good old SoundCloud for as long as that lasts. Yes, ma'am. We got to get off
1: SoundCloud in 2018, is Thing.
2: We're also like <laughs> all over the social media. So yes. find us on Facebook at song mess music. We're on Twitter yes. as the same. Yes. We're on Instagram as the same, I believe. Uh, Instagram is, is song mess. Yeah. I think the other one, only one is Twitter song mess music.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so
2: Facebook just find us. We're song mess. Yeah. I mean, girl, or just
1: search song mess, Miss Thing. Google it. Loca, you know, shout out to Latinos with Lunch there. Uh, but yeah, like, or, and email us at songmasmusic at gmail.com, you know. Again, songs, complaints, suggestions, thoughts, ideas, nudes, you know, we'll take them. We'll send you stickers. I will take them. Give us your address. I'll send you stickers. Send nudes. Um, yeah, and so we're going to close out with this great little track by Vicente Garcia, um, who, you know, um, he's, uh, so He's sort of like this romantico pop musician guy. And and he's been around for a minute, right? Uh, a couple years. He has two records. Uh, I think he also an EP. Um, but before that, he was in a band and a rock band and all that jazz. But, um, I, you know, this isn't really the kind of stuff that I listen to. Like, it's very, like, there's a, there's that sort of, there's obviously a very proud singer-songwriter tradition in Latin America. Um, and because my ADD is just so aggressive, I, I have a very difficult time engaging with it. Um. And uh, Ramescla tasked me with with sort of writing a profile about him, and um, I dove deep. You know, there was uh, he was interviewed. He won uh, uh, three Latin Grammys. Uh, he won the coveted uh, Best New Artist trophy. Um, and I was like, okay. I, and I've heard of I'd heard of him before because one uh, Shelley, uh, one of our listeners, had uh, recommended him when I was in uh, Ruido Fest. So I was like, okay, I have some point of reference here. And then I did my research and. And to hear him talk in this interview that he did in Vegas with with uh, with Joel, actually, um, he basically is talking about how, um, you know, he does, like, a lot of pop stuff, or, like, he started with a rock and roll point of view, like, you know, he he looked to the US, like, he, he uh, had bands like, you know, Tool or, like, Stevie Wonder that he liked, you know, and then he was like, but what about me? What about my people? What about my identity? So you know he put out an album that like had like some rock influences with some more traditional caribbean sounds or salsa bachata whatever and then on um, that was called uh, melodrama and then the second album the most recent one is called alamar and alamar he really dove deep like he really um he really looked into inward really uh, into his identity into the customs of the dominican republic into the african ancestry into um you know sort of magical religious tradition uh he started going to like you know santeria parties and like you know like really sort of uh dissecting it all and 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 exploring it all and like the different sort of like uh percussive tra- traditions um of the Dominican Republic and like the you know Alamar is such a profound and beautiful album um and it also has a lot to do with displacement um as his profile has risen, he went to Colombia, which has a bigger music market. Um, and you know, he, he wrote this album and, and infused it with so much mu- uh, Dominican identity because he missed the Dominican Republic. He'd been away for like two, three years. Um, and so the song that we're going to play is called, uh, Espuma y Arrecife. Um, it features the legendary Gaiteros de San Jacinto. Um, it's a beautiful song, and the really what captivated me is the video for it. Um, oh,
2: who are a um, an Afro Latino, uh, an
1: Afro Caribbean couple, a
2: very traditional um, no, they're they're a group.
1: Oh, you mean uh, Gaiteros de San Jacinto? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. The
2: Gaiteros de San Jacinto, uh, they're like they've been around since the 40s they are yes. a very traditional mm-hmm. colombian cumbia group so that's exciting i want to hear this yeah no it's really fantastic and it's beautiful it's just also, a beautiful you've, you've earnest also you've convinced song. me to dig into this album
1: yeah it's it's a fabulous album and like there's so much it's it's really meaty there's a lot there um, but this this song it came out that's what i like the video for it came out sometime in december and in november he his previous single dropped uh, it's called um, bachata in kingston and so these two songs feature twin like videos.
2: Kingston, Jamaica?
1: Yeah, like because he, he mixed bachata and reggae. Oh. Um, but, but they're twin videos. And so what's cool about it is that it's, it basically tells a story of a couple, a, an Afro-Caribbean couple living in Bogota, um, and sort of like it tells... The one song tells the perspective of the man, and then the other one of the woman. And, uh, you know, the video kind of ends in heartbreak. And at first you're baffled why, and then you see... Uh, why, and it's basically like their Afro-Caribbean identity is being stifled by this metropolis that is Bogota. And so like, you know, they just long for the beach and for for Caribbean and for like that simpler life. And I think it's really beautiful. I think it touches on sort of this idea of people who leave, you know, smaller towns or smaller cities for like the big city. And often, you know, like the cost outweighs the reward.
2: I don't know anything about that. (laughs)
1: um okay so anyway i think it's a beautiful song i think it's a beautiful record i urge you guys to go see these videos they're absolutely stunning uh again this is vicente garcia with espuma y recife Uh, i don't have anything else left to add what do you got bev anything else
2: I don't have anything except that I watched one of those videos and I thought it was beautiful.
1: Okay. I urge you to watch the other one as well. All right. This yeah, has been, I
2: didn't realize I'd watched only like half of the story.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And exactly. Cause at first I was like, huh? Um, but yeah. All right. So this has been song mess. Thank you all for listening. Uh, enjoy the music, subscribe five stars only all that jazz, and we'll see you guys next time. And a happy new year.
3: Me quedaré en la arena mientras el sol me calma Y esperaré las olas que me arrastren a tu playa Y te daré los besos que quedan en mi boca Que sea mi pasatiempo recordarte a cada hora Debajo de la palma Cantando las canciones Que te llegan hasta el alma Y esperaré Sereno Que huele la gaviota Será mi pasatiempo Recordarte a cada hora Será mi pasatiempo Recordarte a cada hora Aunque no vuelva Yo sé Que esto no fue despedida. Y aunque no estés en mi vida Aquí yo te Aunque yo sepa que tú Jamás sentirás lo mismo Que no se para un abismo Aquí yo te esperaré oh, hey, la. Oh, hey, mi, la. Equivaré la pena Y cuando tú te vayas Disfrutaré las olas y la rama Espuma y arrecife, tu besos y mi boca Y es que en mi tiempo recordarte a cada hora Ya que en mi tiempo recordarte a cada hora Aunque no vuelva yo sé que tú no fue despedida aunque no estés en mi vida, aquí yo te esperaré Aunque yo sepa que tú jamás sentirás lo mismo Que no se para un abismo. Aquí yo te esperaré. Aunque no vuelva yo sé que tú no puedes despedida y aunque no estés en mi vida aquí yo te esperaré aunque yo sepa que tú jamás sentirás